Welcome to History Class After Hours. I'm Joseph Barra, and joining me is Brian. Hello. Today we are talking about America's first first lady. The first? The first. Kind of. She's the first one to be called the first lady. Ah. But she's not the actual first first lady. I think she's the 16th first 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 lady. First. First first. Well, we are talking about one. Mary Todd Lincoln today. Ooh. She lives a... You gotta feel bad for the lady. She she has a rough, rough life. All right. Mary Todd was born in Lexington, Kentucky, as the fourth of seven children of Robert Smith Todd, who was a wealthy banker, and her mother was Elizabeth. She went by Eliza Parker Todd. Uh, but when she was six, her mom was going to die during childbirth. I think giving birth to their eighth child. That's a large lot of family. Children. Yeah. Uh, two years later, her father married Elizabeth Betsy Humphreys, and they had nine children together. That's like 17. To, what? Yeah, so he had How? 17 children. Why? I mean, well, <laughs> you know, life expectancy, but yeah, like still, but, uh, that's a ton. to definitely make you go nuts. Yeah. Um, but what you end up seeing is pretty much like once her dad starts like this new family, she kind of gets pushed off to the side. Ah. Like the mother-in-law doesn't, I mean, her stepmother doesn't really even acknowledge her. So just her childhood is going to be rough from that mm. experience. Um, so from 1832, Mary and her family lived in what is now known as the Mary Todd Lincoln House, which is an elegant 14-room house in Lexington, Kentucky, and now it's a museum. Ah. So if you're ever in the Lexington area, you can go see the Mary Todd Lincoln House. Um, at an early age, she was sent to Madame Montel's finishing school, where basically she learned French and literature. Mm. And the reason why she was sent there is because her stepmother wanted nothing to do with her. They're literally like, get out of the house. That's, You're not living here anymore. That's kind of sad. But at the same time, she was afforded the opportunity to actually get an education, which many women back then were not allowed to get or couldn't afford to get. So I guess kind of worked out for her. Uh, she learned to speak French fluently and studied dance, drama, music, and social graces. So a part of female education back in like the 1840s, 50s, 60s was how to be a lady, a proper lady, like how to host parties, and how to wine and dine with people. You know, things everyone does these days. <laughs> and there are like classes like how to get married. Yeah, it's, it's really bad if you look at it. Uh, by age 20, she was regarded as witty um, with a grasp of politics, which was kind of unheard of that a woman be involved with politics. Uh, like her family, she was a Whig. Uh, the Whig was kind of the precursor of the Republican Party. Big difference is the Republican Party obviously had a stance on abolishing slavery, while the Whigs were just kind of impartial to it. But they were kind of like small government. Yeah. That, that type of stuff. Uh, Mary began living with her sister, Elizabeth Porter Edwards, in Springfield, Illinois, in October 1839. Uh, Elizabeth was married to, I love this name, Ninian W. Edwards. Ninian? Ninian. W. Edwards. W. Edwards. Just, I feel like the W just emphasizes I I the whole name. I should have checked to see what the W meant, but 
Like Ninian Edwards in general, it's still crazy, but just adding the W. Ninian Wallygog Edwards. That's what we'll go with. Yeah. Uh, he was the son of a former governor. Um, and he is going to serve as Mary's guardian. So, like, she's actually going to end up being, like, raised by her sister more than her stepmother. Uh, Mary was very popular amongst the gentry. Gentry is, like, the, the educated class mm. of Springfield. Um, and though she was courted by the rising young lawyer and Democratic Party politician Stephen A. Douglas, she chose Abraham Lincoln, a fellow Whig, which is somewhat interesting because if you don't know a lot about American political history, Abraham Lincoln and Stephen Douglas were in a, a very heated contest for the congressional seat coming out of Illinois. That's where you get the Douglas Lincoln debates that are like still studied today in law school and like rhetoric, speech classes, and all that stuff. So these two guys are literally fighting for a political seat and they're also fighting for Mary Todd. Man. And didn't Lincoln win both? No, he lost Douglas. Oh, he lost to Douglas? Douglas. Oh, I thought he won. The first time. Oh, the first. Oh, yeah. Douglas is then going to run for the presidency against him. Yeah. Yeah. But. Lincoln got the girl. So He did, yes. Yes. And that girl was Mary Todd. And she would become Mary Todd Lincoln on November 4th, 1842 at her sister's Elizabeth's home in Springfield. She was 23 years old and he was 33. Oh. That's actually not that big of an age gap back then. You hear all these creepy stories of like 60-year-olds whose like third wife had died and now they're marrying like a 20-year-old. Like, back then? Back then, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, that, that was a lot. Very common. Uh, they're going to have four sons, all which are born in Springfield. Uh, you have Robert Todd Lincoln. Uh, he will eventually become a lawyer, U.S. Secretary of War, and a businessman. Unfortunately for the Lincoln family, he is going to be the only one that outlives his mother. Um, basically, they have a string of their children dying on them. And that's part of the reason why Mary Todd is going to have some issues. Uh, there was Edward Baker Lincoln. He is going to die of tuberculosis, also known as consumption. consumption. Uh, William Wallace Lincoln, known as Willie. He's going to die of typhoid fever while Lincoln was president. That one's really going to hit Mary Todd hard. Um, also, you had Thomas Lincoln, who was known as Tad. He's going to die at 18. They don't really know. It could have been from pleurisy, pneumonia. Congestive heart failure or the dreaded consumption? So 25% chance, basically. Yes. For if you want to guess. I can't I can't believe an 18-year-old would die of congestive heart failure. Probably not. So I'm going to throw that one out. But they didn't know. Um, I forgot which one it was. But if, if you remember back to one of our earlier episodes, the Donner Party. Ah. The Lincolns were supposed to go on the Donner Party. Mary Todd was pregnant, and Abe was like, don't think she's going to be able to make it. So they didn't go. I forgot which son that was. I don't remember either, but no. go listen to that episode. Oh, it's that's fantastic. It's my favorite one. Heart I wasn't there, but <laughs> like, it's Heart still Creek. my favorite. What? Oh, the Legend of Heart Creek. Uh, uh, well, Wink, not Winkin, Lincoln. While Lincoln pursued his increasingly successful career as a Springfield lawyer, Mary supervised their growing household. So she was a stay-at-home mom. 
Uh, their house, where they resided from 1844 until 1861, still stands in Springfield and has been designated the Lincoln Home National Historic Site. Ever been there? I haven't. I used to live around there uh, for like six months. I don't I think I've been to Illinois ever. Springfield is literally in the middle of nowhere. Uh, like there's nothing around. Is it's, there anything like in the city or just is the it capital, still nothing? Lincoln's grave and his house. All right. And I think they got the Lincoln and library there now too. Mm. It has all his papers and stuff. Other than that, just nothing not much going on. All right. It's, it's in the middle of farm, farm country. Yep. <laughs> Uh, during Lincoln's years as an Illinois circuit lawyer, Mary was often left alone for months at a time to raise her children and run their household. Uh, she supported her husband socially and politically, uh, not least when he was elected president in 1860. Uh, she would cook for Lincoln, often during his presidency, but being raised from a wealthy family, she didn't really know how to do that, so she would often make Lincoln's favorite meal, oysters. Ooh. Imported oysters. Import from where? Uh, I would have to think the East Coast. Oh, I thought it was like some like, like foreign French, French, French oysters. oysters. Uh, during her White House years, Mary Lincoln faced many personal difficulties generated by political divisions within the nation. Uh, her, this is where you're going to see some serious family drama. Her family being from Kentucky, which was a border state. Um, a good chunk of her family is going to serve in the Confederate Army once the um, Civil War breaks out. Mm. Uh, several of her half-brothers are going to be killed in action. Um, one of her actual brothers was a surgeon in the Confederate Army. Another one of her brothers was like a um, prison warden for POWs in Richmond. And he, if there were such things as war crimes, he probably would have been uh, convicted of them. So, yeah, there's some drama going on. All right. And then, like, there's the sister that she loves and that, like, will actually come and live with Lincoln, um, like, in the White House. Her name is Little Sissy. And then she marries a guy who ends up fighting for the Confederacy. And then he dies. And, like, Little Sissy, like, hates the Lincolns at that point. Like, blames Abe for that. It's it's really yeah. There's there's a really like poisonous family dynamic. A lot of a it's lot a, of stuff going. It's on. a good example of how families were just completely ripped apart by the Civil War. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I forgot the guy who wrote a book out. It's pretty good. Um, so Mary staunchly supported her husband in his quest to save the Union and was strictly loyal to his policies. She's going to be considered a Westerner though, and um, she's going to be somewhat looked down upon in DC because of its Eastern culture. Uh, she was seen as an outsider because she was a Westerner, you know, that Western state of Illinois. <laughs> yep, definitely the West. <laughs> it was back then, but. Yeah. Um, well, hadn't the, like, the Mexican-American War already been fought? Like, yep. They have all that ter Western territory out there. They got so. Louisiana Purchase. Yeah. They got all that territory, but it's not settled. Uh, I think, like, I, California is a state but, like but no everything there, between yeah. California and Iowa is not. All right. That's a big swath of land. Yeah. Um, she had difficulty negotiating White House social responsibilities and rivalries, uh, spoil-seeking solicitors. So spoil-seeking, that means 
I will do something for you if you give me a job, mm -hmm. that type of thing. Um, baiting newspapers, basically newspapers were trying to get her to say things that would like get her husband in trouble and things like that. Um, so yeah, life wasn't great in DC. Um, and then she's going to, some of it's going to be her own doing. So in the midst of a civil war, you know, when countries trying to fight a war that costs a lot of money and things like that, she decides to refurbish the white house, uh, which included extensive redecorating of all the public and private rooms, as well as the purchase of new China. And not only is it going to be an expensive project, but she overspends in the project. And then she sends the receipts to Congress. That's not a good look. Yeah. Um, That's Lee, like French Revolution stuff. Yes. Like, Abe is really angry about this. He's like, oh, what are you doing to me? <laughs> like, not a smart move. Uh, even though Congress eventually passed two additional appropriations to cover these expenses. But still, not a good look. Yeah. Not a good look. Um, she was also a frequent purchaser of fine jewelry. Um, upon... Abe's death, she had a large amount of debt with the jeweler. There was a jeweler, I guess, called Galton Bro, or Galton Brothers Jewelers in D.C. Um, but once Abe died, he's like, I'll waive your debt. I'll be a nice guy. <laughs> Probably a bad PR move to be hounding the widow of the president for yeah. money. Yeah. Um, she's going to suffer from severe headaches described as migraines throughout her adult life, as well as protracted depression. Uh, her headaches seemed to become more and more frequent after she suffered a head injury and a carriage accident during her White House years. I believe there's like a story, like it like runs into a swamp and she like flies out and hits a tree or something. Was it going that fast? Like it's a horse-drawn carriage. Probably 10 miles an hour. I feel like you wouldn't I think that's fly story. out. Don't, I'm about 50-50 on that. All right. I think that rings a bell. Um, but anyway, she has a head injury. They, they didn't know anything about right. medicine back then. I'm surprised they didn't drill a hole in her head. That was the common... Do some bloodletting. Yeah. There's a name for it. Drilling the hole. Yeah, we, where people would have a headache, so they would drill a hole in your head to relieve the pressure. <laughs> if you ever go to the University of Chicago, they have a whole museum dedicated to it. All right. It's kind of disturbing. But interesting, same time. Um, a history of boot swings, fierce temper, public outbursts throughout Lincoln's presidency, as well as excessive spending, have led some historians and psychologists to argue that she probably suffered from bipolar disorder. Hmm. So most people think she had that. Um, another theory holds that Mary's manic and depressive episodes, as well as many of her physical symptoms, could be explained as manifestations of anemia. Apparently, she wasn't eating well. Um, I don't know the symptoms of anemia, but I guess those are some of them. I thought it was just you get really tired. Um, Mary Lincoln's grief over her son Willie's death was so devastating that she took to her bed for three weeks, so desolated that she could not attend his funeral or look after Tad. Uh, she was so distraught for many months that Lincoln had to employ a nurse to look after her. Uh, during her White House years, she often visited hospitals around Washington to give flowers and fruit to wounded soldiers. Um, she is also going to befriend a general in the Army named Daniel Edgar Sickles. 
Dan Sickles. Uh-huh. Go back and listen to our oh my uh, gosh. Dan Sickles episode, and you'll get to hear about the scandal between them two. I can't believe we got a plug for Dan <laughs> Sickles. Yeah, she would. he would frequently attend the White House and have dinner with the Lincolns and stuff like that. Um, apparently, Mary was, like, really into, like, seances and stuff, especially after Willie died. Like, she was trying to, like, talk to him in the afterlife, mm-hmm. and Dan would do seances with her. And then there was a scandal where one of Lincoln's speeches got leaked, like, a couple days before him actually giving it to Congress. Mm. And it was probably her that did it, because remember, newspapers were trying to trying to get yeah. information out of her. And Dan Sickles made up some weird story about how the gardener had seen it through the window of Lincoln's office and memorized the letter word for word. And he was the one that gave the speech to the newspapers. And then the gardener went along with it. <laughs> So he must have got paid by Dan Sickles. Please listen to those Needless episodes. To say, the gardener was also illiterate. Uh, so, yeah, go back to listen to our Dan Sickles trilogy. It's such fantastic. A, what, a, what a guy. That's my favorite one. Yeah. Um, he's also going to take time to write letters uh, for them. These are the wounded soldiers. And send to their loved ones. Dan Sickles is going to be one of those wounded soldiers. Gets his leg blown off. You know, the first person he goes sees... The Lincolns. All right. She is also responsible for hosting many social functions. She has often been blamed, though, by historians for spending way too much money on the White House. Well, I mean, that whole redecorating thing, you know, kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, after the Civil War ended, Miss Lincoln expected to continue as the first lady of a nation of peace. Right. There was hope that the war was finally over and everyone could kind of get back to their normal lives. But that would all change on April 14th, 1865. Um, oh, how much time are we at? Uh, like 19 minutes. Or it's about to be 20. But... Like, as a part two? Yeah. All right. I mean, we could. And then finish off. I mean, I still got three pages on Mary, Mary Todd, too. All right. Yeah. Where did I leave off? So I could... Uh, word hadn't reached Johnson or something. Uh, should I just restart the whole thing? And then, can you add... Uh, <laughs> sure. All right. President Lincoln awoke on the morning of April 14th, 1865, in a pleasant mood. Robert E. Lee had surrendered several days before to Ulysses S. Grant at Appomattox. Most people think that's the end of the Civil War. It's not. You have a guy by the name of Joseph Johnson kind of just wandering around in North Carolina with a larger army, but he's grossly incompetent. So they're just kind of waiting for him to surrender. Um, so that's what Lincoln's doing. He's just kind of waiting because that's like the last major hurdle yeah. for the Civil War ending. Um so he's just waiting for that. Morning newspapers then began carrying the announcement that the president and his wife would be attending the theater in the evening. So he's just like okay with newspapers telling like his whole personal life. They did. They did. Like that's how they did that. Uh, what was it, Garfield? Oh yeah. Was that, remember they they literally would 
for Lisa's daily schedule, and that's why that crazy man was yeah, able to yeah, show. yeah, yeah. He's like, oh, he's going to be boarding a train at seven thirty exactly at here. I'll be waiting for him. Go listen uh, to the Garfield episode also. What's this assassinator? Assassinator's name? I don't remember. It was like a French name. Oh, I forgot what it was. Go back to listen to that episode. That one's fun too. All right. So basically, yeah, they they put a newspaper. Hey, President Lincoln is going to the theater. So join us next week to find out what happens at said theater. Thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in to History Class After Hours, the show where we talk about the things your history teachers didn't have time to teach you. If you wanted to stay updated on upcoming events for the History Club, please visit www.starsmillhistoryc.wixsite.com forward slash 2020. If you liked this episode, please share it with your friends and subscribe to our channel on iTunes Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening. Be on the lookout for new episodes, and we'll be posting every week. Until next time, stay curious.